belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for December 10th, 2023, the second Sunday of Advent, is called Peace Man. The speaker is John Ray, and the location is Central United Methodist Church Chapel in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Well, hey, everybody. Um, Again, my name is John Ray. Welcome to Grace Church. If you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on the Facebook feed, we are really glad that you're here. When I was a kid, way back in the day, um, the peace sign was all the rage. Like when I was um, Ben and Levi's age and Charlie and like everybody was drawing peace signs on stuff. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but it was it was really the cool thing. Um, but even by the time that I was a kid, it had already been kind of co-opted. It was on stickers and it was on posters and it was used in ad campaigns, and it became it came, became a cultural cliche that represented hippies. And hippies were the ones who, uh, you know, um, what is it, tuned in, dropped out? There you go. There you go. Tune in, turn on, and drop out. They were the ones who, who promoted peace, but it wasn't, it wasn't a peace that was um, really attainable. It meant just more just giving up, just tuning out, just doing your own thing. Everybody do your own thing. And, uh, and it became, like I said, a cultural cliché with that, a way of almost making fun of the notion of that. You would, you would use it derogatorily in making fun of people with that, who had notions that peace was even attainable. Well, soon after that, and then, you know, time goes on and the things happen, and as I got older and I got into college and I got out of college, we entered into this phase where it was going to be peace through strength. And it, and it went the total other way. Instead of not caring anything about anything, and in, instead of just leaving everybody alone to do their own thing, it was like, we're going to enforce the peace. And it was peace through power or peace through might. And the slogans became peace through military armament. Peace came through it, it, enforcing yourself, your will, violently upon other people who opposed you. And that's how peace was going to be achieved. So the pen, in a way, the pendulum went totally from one side to the other with that. And this is just in my brief lifetime. People have been seeking peace since there were first people. And even though we may have swung just in my lifetime between these two things, we have been doing this throughout all of history. There have been these attempts to achieve peace through human ends in ways that only end in isolation or oppression one or the other. And then we come to this Sunday where we light the peace candle. So last Sunday, we lit the candle of what? Logan lettuce. What was it? Hope. Exactly, yeah. We lit the, we lit the hope candle. And this Sunday, we light the peace candle, which... Any of us, even with most, even with the uh, most basic knowledge of the news and what's going on in the world right now, we know that there's a need for peace. There's so much conflict. There's 
so much turmoil that we light this in anticipation. And of course, that's what Advent is about, is the anticipation, the longing for something that is not yet here with that. And so as I thought about, I thought about the text to use for this week. I thought about what's happening. Look, Advent is about waiting. It is about the thing that's not yet. But at times when we can be so bereft of something, that almost feels, it almost feels, it almost feels cruel. It almost feels cruel to ask you to believe or to want or to wait for something that seems so absent. And so I want to do something a little bit different this Sunday of Advent, this Peace Sunday. And I want us to remind, I want us to be reminded of the peace that has already come. Because in Christian, in Christian theology, we always talk about what was, what is, and what is to come. That's why our communion table is the way it is. It represents the unfinished, the partially finished, and the ultimately finished. It's this understanding of reality that all of us, we understand truth, the truth that we have received, the truth that we are understanding, beginning to receive, and then the truth that we will receive with that. And so I just thought this Sunday we need to be reminded of what we already have with peace as we anticipate the peace to come. We need to be reminded and rooted in the peace that is already here so that we have hope for and encouragement to believe for more of it. And so I chose the text out of John. And this is Jesus, and he's talking to the disciples, and this is in the last week before the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection. And it's a very famous passage. It's in John 14. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And when we understand this in the context of the one who is saying this was the one who was proclaimed as the Prince of Peace. I think we forget that sometimes. That the Jesus here who is saying this is the one who the angels declared, Behold, born today is the Prince of Peace. So Jesus is actually fulfilling that prophecy in giving this peace. He says, I give it to you not as the world does. Do not let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. Jesus fulfills the prophecy. Jesus gives us the peace. And yet we still are in a world where we need to see that. It's here. It's the now. But it's the not yet. During this time of Advent, especially during this time, we need to be encouraged that the peace that we hope for is a peace that has come that we understand it in part now. It is here. It's not something that is so utterly far away, that is so utterly not yet, that we give up hope, but that we can root our hope, our longing, in what we have achieved. So what I want to say is, this second Sunday of Advent of Peace, is hold on. Is hold on. And hold out. Hold out for the peace that Jesus promises. That we wait for. That is also already here.
peace has been proclaimed since the time first people came into conflict, as I said. But we struggle to really know what that means, how to receive it, how to practice it. I encounter people every day who lack peace. They don't even know how to encounter peace. They don't know how to receive it with that. The lack of peace we experience individually and collectively is partly an utter failure of our imagination and thus our ability to really believe an alternative to all the war and violence, oppression and abuse is possible. It's also the inevitable product of a world at war with itself, of systems that oppress and abuse, of rampant misinformation and malformation. It's evident in the barrage of false promises and failed attempts. But Jesus came as the Prince of Peace and leaves this peace as a gift. The peace that was, the peace that is, and the peace that is to come. And like I said earlier, part of our problem is we just can't imagine anything different than what we have. It's been said that war is an absolute failure of imagination, spiritual, moral, scientific, and political. Graham Greene, in one of his famous novels, He's quoted as, puts the line in one of his characters' mouth where he says, hatred is a failure of the imagination. I think our lack of peace is due in large part to a lack of imagination that we can, it's actually possible. It's also formed because our imagination is formed by what the world says peace is. The world says peace is financial security. The world says peace is codependent relationships, worldly successes, leisure, freedom from all obligation. And this is often how we think, and and it corrupts our ability to even think beyond that, to think that there is a peace beyond our circumstance with this. And look, those things are really nice, okay? It's really nice to have those things, financial security and leisure and those things. But if if that's what we think peace is, if we think that we can only experience peace in those things, we're going to be forever frustrated with that. Look, I I want to live in a world with no bombings or bankruptcies because of divorce or disease or having to pay an outrageous sum for an education. Come to think of it, I'd like to live in a world without those things. Divorce, disease, or having to pay an outrageous sum for an education. But for now, our world still has those things. We're still subject to those things. Those things can still happen to us. But I still believe we can find peace. I believe that the peace that Jesus offers is a way through those things. Not just relief from those things. I mean, this is this is the struggle that I have, right? As I'm I'm writing these words. I'm preparing them. I'm thinking about that. I'm going to say. I'm going to stand up here. I'm going to say these. I'm going to say these words. <clears throat> and I think about you. And I think about your faces. And I think about the stories that I know the people in the church. But then I think about all the things. I, I think about the people in in Gaza right now. I think about the people in the Ukraine. I think about the people in the the cancer ward burying people they love. And I, and I think, what, how would these words sound to them? Not just how do they sound to us. And are they viable? Do I believe it? That's what I ask myself. Do I believe it? Am I willing? Do I believe it enough that I'm willing to stand up and say this? How would it sound? 
how would it sound if I said these words to someone who's just lost a child? Someone going through cancer. Someone running from the law. And y'all, I believe that. I believe them that much. Not that I've experienced fully. Not that I'm still, don't have my questions. Not that I'm still practicing. I am. But I believe them because I believe we must give up our false expectations and practices of peace to get the real one. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not working for most of the world, right? So let's try something new. Let's try this following Jesus. Let's try receiving this peace with this. We have to give up the false practices and say, just shut up and take it. Or just count your blessings. You're better off than they are. We need to refuse to accept the world's definition of peace, one that denies the very real experiences of abuse, injustice, violence, racism, nationalism, and prejudices of every kind that either promote a, a utopian fantasy, which is, right, tune in, drop out, or the other extreme of just oppressive, enforced peace and violence. Neither one of those things is going to achieve it. Neither one of those things ever has. We re need to remember that peace has come and it is coming. When we take communion here, we often talk about remembering. The, the remembering of the body, the putting back of the body together. This is why we come together, why Christianity is a communal practice that can't be fully experienced in isolation. Kelly Foster reminded me of Mother Teresa's quote where she said, if we have no peace, it's because we've forgotten that we belong to each other. We need to reject the isolationism, the individualism, that we think going away somewhere, we're going to find peace. Like peace is found in the community, as difficult as that is. Peace is properly belonging to God, to each other, and to ourselves. And then last, <clears throat> we need to grab hold of Jesus and the peace that Jesus, and only Jesus offers, peace different than the world offers. And, and we were talking about this, you know, the word in the Bible that they use is shalom. And shalom is very different than a peace that is just an absence of conflict. Shalom talks about the fullness or the flourishing of the entire community. Shalom is a word that is a communal word. We each individually seek Shalom, we want shalom, but shalom is only in the context of community, where everyone flourishes with that. It talks about delight, completeness, the making of things as they are intended to be. It's a state of being that inspires joyful wonder. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up here, because while all this may sound very theoretical, I believe we can have the experience of peace right now. And this is, this is really what I want to get at. I believe that we can have the experience of peace right now. As we long for more of it. Not a peace that's final, not a peace that's complete, but maybe just a taste of it. And I believe that we find that here together. You see, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, not just because of the things that <clears throat> not just because of some kind of theological ideas that Jesus fulfills, but Jesus is the, is the Prince of Peace, the giver of peace, because of very specific things happen. First of all, God 
Jesus restores us to God. Jesus restores us to God in the idea by demonstrating how God feels towards us. When Jesus comes, we see how God feels towards us. That God is not one of retributive violence. That not, God is not one who makes us earn our love and place in God's family. That we are welcome from the start. So it breaks down those barriers that have kept us from God. Jesus shows us that. Then God gives us to one another. Jesus comes as the firstborn of many. And, and in Jesus' inclusion that we practice here at the table, we see that everyone is welcome, period. So Jesus breaks down the walls and divides us so that we can have a relationship with people who don't look like us, sound like us, <clears throat> speak our same language. But we are one. And then finally, Jesus restores ourselves to ourselves. Jesus restores ourselves to ourselves. We start to see ourselves as God sees us. Not as the world sees us. Not as even our own flesh sees us, but as God sees us. And so we're given back to ourselves. And we're like, that's peace. That's peace. So what I want to ask right now is what is it that is keeping you from peace? Is it a circumstance? Name it. It's real. That's okay. Is it an idea? Is it something someone's told you about yourself that you can't accept, that you feel shame about, guilt about? Is it some break that you have in a relationship with another person that you feel like can't be overcome? Animosity or hatred that you feel from someone towards you? All of those things, Jesus can bring peace to. I believe that. And I believe that it's now. I believe that it is coming with that. So hold on and hold out. And thank you for being here. Um, we're going to transition out of taking communion. Maybe that thing that you thought of that's keeping you from peace is you take the body, you take, you take the bread, you take the cup. Just imagine that that has been given to bring you peace. That whatever needs to be done has been done and is being done. And receive that gift as a way of peace. And our table is open to everyone. Everyone is invited to come and participate in it. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. If you would like to give, you can go to gracechurchnwa.org forward slash give. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.